You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 43. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, Star Coach listeners. So happy to have you join us today. We've got a great show for you, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what you think about the concepts that are going to be shared in today's show. This is your host, Meg Rentschler, Executive and Mentor Coach and Coach Educator, as well as Licensed Clinical Social Worker. We have another licensed clinical social worker sharing his wisdom with us today, and I'm going to be sharing all of that excitement with you in just a second. You know, over the couple months that the Star Coach Show has been up and running, we've many times discussed the importance of the work that we as helping professionals do within ourselves so that we are in the best place possible to partner with our clients to help them get to where they want to be, to help them spotlight where they want to get and what might be getting in the way and how they might do that or how they might be through that. And that is what our guest is going to talk about today. Rick Carson is the author of Taming Your Gremlin, a surprisingly simple method for getting out of your own way. And as we discuss in the interview today, the method might be simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy, nor does it mean it's a one and done thing. This is a process that we walk through, that our clients walk through, and there's some very specific elements within this process that Rick will discuss. You know, this book first came out a couple years before I graduated with my Master of Social Work. And I remember it being discussed back then, let alone the fact that it was an assigned text for my graduate work for my coaching certification. So this book is a bit of a staple in the work of how we create our own barriers and what might happen to be able to remove those barriers or as Rick says, get out of our own way. Rick has been a practicing psychotherapist, personal and executive coach, seminar leader and consultant to businesses, nonprofit organizations, several United States governmental agencies and many more for over Four decades. He works around the world and brings this work for, in my opinion, sort of the enlightenment of the world. For all of us, the way that we become enlightened, in my opinion, is to look within and figure out the within stuff for the world to be a healthier place. Rick is joining us today to share a little bit about this gremlin taming method and what we can do for ourselves individually, as well as 
applying this to our work with clients. I was so excited that he agreed to be on the show. Spending time with him was just fabulous. And I know that you're going to get so much out of my interview with Rick Carson. So let's go to the interview. Well, good afternoon. I want to welcome Rick Carson to the show. Rick, it is awesome to be able to spend time with you today. Well, it's really my pleasure, Meg. I really uh, am honored. I'm looking forward to spending time with you, and I'm glad to be a part of the Star Coaches interview process. Uh, Wonderful. Well, you know, you're sort of a legend in, in the fact that, and we talked just briefly before starting the recording, of how well-known the concept of kind of taming our gremlins is and how that evolved over time for you over these decades since your yeah. book has been out and so very popular. What led you to writing Taming Your Gremlin initially? Well, initially I was, let's see, I wrote I wrote Taming Your Gremlin 30 years ago. That's when it was first published and it's since it spawned a revised edition and a sequel and all of that. But it was actually more like 1974 when I came up with the concept. I didn't write the book until 83. It was published in 84. So, And I was running a, a drug program, a runaway house in the Chicago area, and just you know, working with a lot of uh, you know, teenagers. In 1974, there were two and a half million runaways in this country. Wow. So I was working with a lot of teenagers and a lot of their families, and it just didn't take long for me to notice that everything, I didn't care what the presenting problem was, it ended up getting down to a particular kind of duality. It really didn't matter what people were presenting with, you know, anxiety or depression or some sort of hardcore drug problem. It always gets down. When you really get down to it, it gets down to that duality between the monster of the mind and one's heart of hearts. So I developed a method. I started teaching it. And years later, I just decided, well, I'll just write this down. I started to write it as a kind of an Eastern philosophy book, and Mm -hmm. then I thought, well, shoot, I'll just write it for therapists and coaches, and then I thought, oh, hell, I'll write it for everybody. And I remembered that I'd come up with this gremlin thing years ago and used it with my clients, and so I just titled it Taming Your Gremlin. Started writing, you know. I was 40 at the time. I'm really old now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that strikes me as as you were talking about the process before you wrote the book is my gut is is that that makes for a stronger book because you were then able to bring in some of the experiences that that you'd had and some some data or or at least concepts that you knew worked because you'd been using them with your clients for years before you even wrote the book. Oh, yeah. So, no, all the examples in the book, and especially for those of your listeners who are coaches, which probably most of them, in a master class in Gremlin Timing, the sequel, all of the vignettes in there are absolutely true. And in the, in the master class, there's a lot of information about how to use this with other people. Taming your gremlin is more about how to use it in one's own life. But the reality is, 
coach is not going to be able to use the, the gremlin timing method, which is really a deep-seated, swift method for long-term positive growth in somebody's life. It's not a, not a cute little metaphor or a cute little right. approach. It's very powerful. But to learn to use it takes a lot of time. But the way people learn especially in the beginning, is you got to live it. you got to practice in your own life. So, yeah. It's sort of, you know, physician heal thyself first kind of thing. So first we've got to get clear about our gremlin and get our relationship with our gremlin in a good place before we can really begin to work with others about that. Yeah, and really understand the method because taming your gremlin is not a once and for all thing. Right. Breath-to-breath activity. But you can get really good at it so that 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 monster of the mind shenanigans just become absolutely inconsequential. But it's not that he doesn't pop up or she, whatever the case might be. Can you share a little bit about the gremlin taming method? Oh, sure. I'll be glad to. First of all, you've got to keep in mind that your gremlin is that sleazy little malcontent lurking in the shadows of your very own mind and left to do his thing he will i mean he can destroy your relationships zap your health dampen your creativity screw up your productivity you know and send you tumbling into low down funks and anxious fits and but there's a surefire way to tame that gremlin and on the spot and it begins with even if we don't cover anything else in our calm, Megan, I mean, this first concept, first tool is very important. It begins, gremlin timing begins with a process that I just call simply noticing. It doesn't have anything to do with analyzing past. It doesn't have anything to do with predicting the future. It doesn't have anything to do with figuring out anything. It doesn't involve why. Simply noticing means simply noticing. It means, uh, well, paying attention. Really, mm. and your primary tool for simply noticing is your awareness, which of course is like a spotlight placed in the current moment. Well, as you begin to simply notice how you're getting in your own way, not why, how, in the very moment that you're getting in your own way, there is a, uh, a mechanism kicked into play that I just call the Zen process of change, and it's written about in the books. But if you notice, for example, that, I mean, there's the, you know, the very obvious sort of things people refer to as gremlin attacks, like if you notice that you're putting yourself down <laughs> or scaring the hell out of yourself or miring yourself in regret or clinging to a resentment or the most insidious having an attachment to a concept of who you are and how the world works. If you notice those things, at the point you notice those poisons, they're all different kinds of poisons, and when you really notice them, you notice they all feel a little different. They all involve shallow breathing. They all involve tension in the upper part of your body, in your neck, and they all involve tension in whatever the weakest part of your body is. When you begin to notice that, you're in touch with the observer, your heart of hearts, whatever you want to call it, the the essence of the natural you. And at that point, there is a natural correction that occurs in the same way that you learn to walk and talk. You know, when you were a little kid, you're learning to walk. You didn't know anything about kinesiology or physiology or that stuff. You just noticed that if you lean too far to the left, you 
fell over and bumped your head. There's a natural correction that occurs because as an organism, as is true for any organism, you want to stay in balance. You want to feel good on the inside. And so that power of observation and shining a bright light on how you're either, you don't always cause your misery. You know, there are external forces. But if you can just take care of how you're contributing to your misery mm-hmm. and or prolonging it, there's a natural correction that occurs. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful process. I call it, the, as I said, the, the Zen theory of change, which, if I may, I'll have a, let me just state this, then I'll hush. No, but, no, go. You're doing so well. I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized. Go ahead. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go on with this. The Zen theory of change is, I'm going to state it like this, I free myself from those poisons that I mentioned. I free myself not by trying to free myself, not by trying to be different. It won't work. It's never worked for anybody, Meg. I free myself by simply noticing how, how, not why, how I am imprisoning myself. And this is the key in the very moment in which I am imprisoning myself. So you catch yourself in the act of jabbing your own thumb in your own eye. In fact, sometimes we talk about in the gremlin timing method, the primary tool is to accentuate the obvious. So what we do is you catch yourself, as I said earlier, scaring yourself, putting yourself down, mowering yourself in regret, whatever it happens to be, jabbing your own thumb in your own eye, we say jab it harder. Not for long. You you, want to make it very vivid because that allows that natural observer to correct it. Because on the most fundamental level, you want to feel good in this life. And you do that through understanding that it's happening, but not the why of it. You don't want to get bogged down into all the... Yeah, let me leap in. Not understanding that it's happening, because it's not happening. Understanding that you're doing it. Good distinction. Yeah, you're, you're the one doing it. The gremlin timing method is not about disowning what's happening to you and saying, oh, the gremlin made me do it. It's about really developing response ability. Mm-hmm. Okay, really owning how you are contributing to your very own misery in the moment that you're contributing to that misery. Really, Because everybody's got their own unique style of doing it. It may be true that a lot of people scare the hell out of themselves. They create a horror movie and watch that horror movie, you know, sit there and sit there and watch that horror movie. But everybody's got their own unique style of doing that, their own kind of horror movie. So... I would also think that everyone sort of has their own unique way that their natural observer then takes responsibility for that. Mm, no? Really, there's nothing that has to be done other than observe it. You know, the, the Gremlin Timing method, method involves simply noticing and accentuating the obvious. And the second step is playing with options. But the reality is most of the coaches and psychotherapists that I train mm-hmm. and have for many decades, that's the thing that is the hardest to get across is everybody wants to leap to that part of paying with op- playing with options too quickly mm-hmm. you know, to help their client move from point A to point B by pulling them from one area to another area, pulling them from one behavior to another behavior. 
You don't do that. The way out is, is through, not around. You take people deeper into their own experience. So if somebody's prolonging their own misery, clinging to their own misery, hurting themselves, you want to shine a bright light on that and take them deeper into that experience. For that's how they get through it. Not say, well, instead of that, why don't you try this? Which is what a lot of coaches and therapists get hooked into. Mm-hmm. And that brings about a change for about a week. Well, because it's certainly not self-discovered change if we're offering the options. Exactly. It's not a change from the inside out. Mm-hmm. It's basically just developing a new a new should, a new rule. It's like I've said you know, many times, this is, some of your listeners may be too young to even know about these, this cartoon I'm going to mention, but you know, it's not like a Tom and Jerry cartoon with an angel on one shoulder and a devil or gremlin on the other and resolving that dialogue. It's not about positive over negative thinking. It's about removing yourself from that entire dialogue and getting in touch with the one that witnesses that dialogue. And at that point, there's a natural correction that occurs. That's that observer I'm talking about on the inside, the mm-hmm. essence of the natural you. And it, it, it takes practice. I don't want to imply that the method is, is easy. It's as simple but not easy as they right. say. Right. That's a lot exactly what was just in my mind. It sounds yeah. simple, but certainly not easy. Yeah. So while we understand that as helping professionals, we need to get focused on our own stuff first, one of the key things I really want people to hear that you've said is that this isn't something you force. This isn't something that you jump in and try to fix for people. It's work that they do, and they do by spotlighting the the misery, as you said. You, we spotlight, we help them observe and walk through that process right. through their responsibility. No, I'm really glad you're emphasizing that, Mac. That, that's exactly right. And it's not like a tricky thing. It's not like we're... I mean, you can tell them what you're doing. You can even get your client's help with it. You know, if somebody tells you that they're afraid, then the, <laughs> you might say to them something as simple as, how are you scaring yourself? They'll let you know. And then you can talk to them about how they're creating a horror movie or whatever. And you say, I'll tell you what, let's create one together. You lead. You be the writer. You tell me. If you were going to really scare the hell out of yourself right now, how would you do it? Or you might even say, if you were going to scare me, how would you do it? Accentuate that. Mm-hmm. And in your experience, all these years that you've used this method with your clients, mm-hmm. what kinds of responses do you tend to get from clients? Well, I mean, I've been in practice for, this is my 45th year, so I guess it's okay. You know, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if people initially are sort of taken aback by that or whether they engage. Uh, I'm, people, because that's, a, in, that's a really good question. I, I got it now. Mm-hmm. People, believe it or not, are not taken aback by it. I mean, people will dive in. I don't always mention gremlin. Gremlin mm-hmm. timing. That you know, gremlin timing is not really about the gremlin in the same way that oh gosh, the stone that ends up on a floor is not about a beautiful statue that gets created out of stone. Mm-hmm. You know, the gremlin's just the stone that ends up on the floor. What gremlin timing is about is revealing the essence of who you are on the inside. You can call it your heart of hearts. I called it in one book. One book I called it life. You know, you can call it soul, prana, ray, chi, ki, the primordial vibration, the kingdom within, doesn't matter what you call it. 
but there's something in there with every one of us that is extremely, to put it mildly, beautiful. It's perfect. And that infinite thing on the inside of every one of us comes together with something finite, this body, mm-hmm. to create the entity that answers to our name. And what gremlin taming is about is helping us plug back in to that thing on the inside, remembering that you're not your body, you're not your personality, you know, you're not your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But there's something in there that has all those things. But it's still covered up by the other stuff. Yep. It's sort of walking deeper into the pain to get to the essence behind that. Right. Call under it true that, love. maybe one, under one, that. One book mm-hmm. I called it True Love. Is that's really what it is. It's not love of anything. It's just true love on the inside, and it is always there. Just, just like the sun is always shining, whether we're on a, you know, place on the planet where we can see it or not. Right. That true love is always there. It exists. It never leaves us. And you know, we may leave it, but it doesn't leave us as long as we're on the planet. So, and the thing that connects that infinite power with our body is our breathing. That's what connects those two things. That's why I'm always hawking at people without paying attention to their breath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because your breathing is not just a regulator of your inner experience. Now everybody's talking about breathing because, you know, I mean, Buddhism has come to the West and, of course, right. yoga has become a big deal. But back when I wrote Taming Your Gremlin, it wasn't to talk about that much. But your breathing is not just a regulator of your inner experience. It's an indicator. When it gets shallow, it's telling you you're at the front end of starting to make yourself miserable one way or another. So it's worth attending to. Certainly worth attending to. Such powerful stuff. Stuff. What, what can you tell us a little bit about the differences between your books? So your original book was Taming Your Gremlin, and right. you've created some additional material and programs to build on that. Right. What? It's a really good question, Megan. But the Taming Your Gremlin was originally titled. It was originally published by. They're now Harper Collins, but they were Harper and Roback. Mm-hmm. And it was called Taming Your Gremlin, A Guide to Enjoying Yourself. And it sold really well. And after about 20 years, they asked me to do a revised edition. Well, you know, they were saying, well, how about basically you've learned a lot since then. How about some new material? And I remember saying to the editor that that the method as described in that first book was tried and true. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, it's not a lot of doing new information, and I didn't think I wanted to do a revised edition. No sooner I hung up the phone, and it occurred to me, I can do it. I'll just do it in, I'll do in writing what I do in my office, which is just take people deeper and deeper into that experience. So I called, but this time, now they were Harper Collins. Mm-hmm. So I called the editor back, and I said, I, I, yeah, I'll do it. But here's how I'm going to do it. And she said, it's going to be really hard in writing. And it's, this is just something that just thrilled me. When I finally wrote the book and mm-hmm. sent it to her and everything, she said, I can't believe you did it. Wow. <laughs> what I wanted to tell you, Meg, is that I changed the subtitle from A Guide to Enjoying Yourself to Taming Your Gremlin, A Surprisingly Simple Method for Getting Out of Your Own Way. And it just takes people deeper. 
mm-hmm. deeper, deeper. And then a master class in gremlin timing is really, it, it, it differs in that it, it, it has more experiential activities, but it also really, it's not written specifically for coaches, but there are a lot of examples in there to help coaches understand precisely how to use it, how to use the method, because there are a lot of people who, you know, a lot of coaches who've read Time in Your Government and think they know the process. Mm-hmm. But they've got, I mean, it's the tip of the iceberg. You know, they think it's about positive over negative thinking, and your gremlin's kind of a cute thing. Your gremlin is not cute. No, and even the picture on the front of your book is not cute. It's not somebody I would, like, wake up and say, oh, I'm so glad you're sitting at the end of my bed. Exactly. It's interesting because, you know, I interviewed several artists, and it's very important to me that the gremlin not be cute very important to me, but that it not be so repugnant that people wouldn't pick up the book. <laughs> right, finding that kind of interesting balance there, yeah. huh? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. but he's, I mean, even his toes are like, whoa, that talk about sticking something in your eye, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. And I don't know if you've seen a master class in gremlin timing, but it's that same gremlin wearing sort of a martyr board hat. And uh, anyway, it's cool. <laughs> so. so if somebody wanted to learn more about the method and about, and I really want to emphasize this, not just about using it with their clients, but also, Themselves. you know, looking within first and then looking with how we, we can help others as well. You do have this master class. Yes, it's called a master class in gremlin timing. The indispensable next step for freeing yourself from the monster of the mind. It's a long title. I had one guy write me and he said, I'm going to read the book as soon as I finish reading the title. (laughs) But anyway, it's called a master class in gremlin timing. Or if people want to actually go to YouTube Mm-hmm. First of all, there's a Facebook page. You know, you type in, I guess, facebook.com forward slash Taming Your Gremlin. Okay. And there's a web page, TamingYourGremlin.com. But if they go to YouTube, there are several people who've done things on Taming Your Gremlin, mm-hmm. but they, they're really not supposed to do that. <laughs> right. I can imagine. Know. Yeah. But because I own the international trademarks and have for years on all of that. But Mm -hmm. if they go to YouTube and type in Taming Your Gremlin Part 1, there's a Taming Your Gremlin Part 1. These are all just about five minutes. There's Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, Part 4, Part 5A and 5B. And that's really all I've done so far. And they're they're short, but that'd be a good thing for people. Or to get, there's an audio of Taming Your Gremlin, a Mm six-hour CD set that can be downloaded through Amazon or Audible.com or Barnes & Noble. So lots of ways to do a deeper dive into your material and to be able to look at how do I apply this to myself and how can I use some of these methods to help my clients get healthier and more self-aware. Exactly. And they can, if they want, you know, I mean, I do what I call private lessons with people. Mm -hmm. They can always call me. Excellent. Really, as I had mentioned earlier, powerful concepts, powerful truths that are 
there for you know you you being willing to share your wisdom with all of us through your books, through your YouTube videos, and being able to kind of take what you've learned through your work with people across the country. If you read Rick's bio, you'll see that he's he's not he doesn't just hang out here in North Texas with us. He goes around every which way, and who other, knows other countries too. <laughs> yeah, so the, our audience is worldwide. Who knows? Rick might be in a in a town near you soon. One never knows, yeah. but. I want to thank you again for taking the time to give us a glimpse into this powerful work and Meg, some additional I resources. You. I really want to thank you. I think that what you're doing is just uh, wonderful to provide this kind of format for, for coaches, you know. So thank you, really. Well, absolutely. It, it is my pleasure. I get to meet wonderful people like you and be able to bring additional value to the coaching community. So it has, it has been a labor of love and something that I very much enjoy doing. You have a wonderful weekend. Well, you too, and thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, I'll talk to you eventually. It was great to spend time with Rick for this interview and so appreciate him sharing his wisdom with us and giving us resources to continue to explore. If you'd like to know more about Rick Carson or the Gremlin Taming Institute or more about our show, visit starcoachshow.com. On the resource page, I'll put links to the YouTube videos that Rick was talking about, to his books, and to the Gremlin Taming Institute. Also, while you're on site, you might choose to give some feedback about the show on our Contact Me page and sign up for our ongoing book giveaway where several of our guests have donated one of their books to the show for the book giveaway. We currently have Divine Intelligence by Dr. Jane Gardner that is in our giveaway. As always, it is really great to spend a little bit of time with you each and every week. I appreciate you being here. I hope that you have a fabulous week. This is Meg Rensselaer wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We will see you next week.